0: Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you. You can text ROCKUPKC to 816-307-1611 for a connect card. And a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockupkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, church. Welcome to the building. Welcome, online family. How y'all doing this morning? Doing well. Good. Give me Jesus, right? Give me Jesus. I was thinking as we sing that song. Um, there's a Fernando Ortega song uh, where he kind of uses some of those lyrics, and uh, my mother passed away in 2011 in December, and uh, that song was playing when she took her last breath. And it was right on the lyric of, you can have this world, give me Jesus. And so that's a very meaningful uh, uh, song to, to me. And, and the Bible says that, uh, what is it profit a man if he gain the world and lose his soul? And what profit is it? I mean, Jesus is uh, the reason for, for life, you know, we say Jesus is the reason for the season, but He's the reason for life. In fact, He's the reason we have life. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna have a time of prayer and fasting. It starts right now. Um, we're just gonna uh, you know put your coffee and your tea and all that stuff away, and your if you've got a muffin, just go ahead and sacrifice it to God now, and uh, we'll offer it up. We'll have a little fire here, and you can. We'll, offer a burnt offering here to God. Now, actually, on January 3rd, we're going to have a time of prayer and fasting through the week, Monday through Friday. We'll meet here, uh, 5.30 in the morning, 5.30, 30. we'll have worship, prayer, intercession. It's just one of the ways that we believe in first fruits, uh, first fruits offerings, that's still a biblical concept. I mean, it all belongs to God, but uh, one of the ways we dedicate our calendar year uh, to God is by having a time of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year and so I encourage you to participate that in that and we don't dictate to you what you fast uh, some people fast social media some people literally fast food um, you should fast fast food in, uh, <clears throat> on a regular basis. Come on Alan that was funny you know it was. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, encourage you, just as, uh, as you are led by the Holy Spirit, encourage you to uh, um, fast. And there's all types of different fasts, and then people argue and fight about them. And that's not the purpose. <laughs> the purpose is that you would set aside something in your heart that you're going to forgo uh, for the greater pleasure of seeking God. And um, not that there's not pleasure in the thing that you're giving up, but that you just are setting it aside for a special moment in time to press in and be more intent about seeking the face of God. Amen? All right, y'all ready to get into the word? Ready for that word to get all up in your business? Okay, I'm too. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you are the living word. You're alive and your word is alive. And we thank you, God, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And we want to approach your word today with by leaning in. And by with reverence, accepting and receiving your word into our hearts to renew our minds. And Lord God, to be acted upon so that we could bear fruit and our fruit would, would remain. It wouldn't be here one day and gone tomorrow in one ear and out the other, but rather, God, we receive the word. It's implanted. It's able to save our lives and renew our minds and bear the fruit that brings you honor and glory. And we so prove to be your disciples. We pray for this grace. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, "Amen." Why well, don't I want to jump right into Matthew chapter two, where uh, in the time of the Advent, the Advent literally means the coming, the coming, uh, where we take time to acknowledge uh, Jesus that God has sent His Son to the earth. Now, we're not commanded in the Bible to celebrate Christmas. You all know that, right? It's not a command to. It's a command to come together. It's a command to worship. It's a command to not forsake gathering. Now, those are commands. But as far as specific dates and times, uh, not necessarily commanded anymore. We have freedom in Christ. But thank God that we still have a community in the earth that will take time and uh, give a, at least some allegiance to the fact that God has done a miraculous thing and sent his son into the earth. So Christmas time is. Much as it's become commercialized and as much as it become, has become secularized, we can still uh, bring meaning to the real reason that we celebrate it. And that's the greatest gift ever given to mankind and the salvation of the world through Jesus Christ. Amen? And so Matthew chapter 2, uh, really a lot of history and a lot of great things to be studied and actually points to Jesus uh, from the town he was born in it was prophesied hundreds of years before that happened it's one of the 300 and some prophecies that directly point to jesus as uniquely jesus as unique from any other person that's ever lived and just like you're unique you have a unique dna that's shared with no one else you have a unique social security number unless it's been hacked Um uh, you, you have a uniqueness about your life that makes you uniquely you. And so we can know that Jesus um, was someone really special. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Herod was troubled because Herod was a very insecure leader. Uh, Her- Herod was paranoid, and he didn't want anyone to be worshipped but him. And that's what insecure leaders do. They're very uh, paranoid. Insecure leaders are very domineering, uh, very controlling, very manipulative because they're insecure. And Herod was one of those Horrible, terrible, insecure leaders, and and uh, so he said he wanted to worship him, but that's not really what he wanted to do. He wanted to eliminate him, uh, and so assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born, and they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed their own, to their own country by another way. Last week we taught wise men still seek Him. The importance of seeking the face of God. Today I want to talk about wise men still worship Him. Wise men still seek Him and wise men still worship Him when they find Him. Uh, true worship takes place on the inside. Okay? Okay? To, true worship before God takes place on the inside and in the heart or the spirit of the worshiper. That's why God, we taught last week, God is seeking those who worship him in spirit and truth. God's not interested in the location from which you worship. People think that, well, my place, this location is the place, the center. No, the center of your heart is where the worship Should come from, from the heart and in the spirit. Mark chapter 7 says it this way. Then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Tradition, tradition, you know, tradition, right? You know, tradition can nullify the word of God. And this is what Jesus is telling. They do not wash their hands before they eat. (gasps) It's terrible. My uh, my brother and a couple other people, my nephew. We went with the Salvation Army uh, on Tuesday night to. It's called Honk and Holler, and um, they we feed, feed the homeless, offer a bottle of water. There's blankets, different things, and um, just have gotten to, done this over several years and actually gotten to know some of the people that are out on the streets and know them by name. But many of them were their hands were just filthy, absolutely filthy. And uh, you can imagine, you know, not having showered, not bathed, and just living out in the elements. I last night I walked out um, after service, and that cold wind hit this bald head and uh, and went through my coat, and I and I almost started weeping because I thought, wow, there are people living, and that's not even that cold yet out in these elements. Uh, it, it caused me to have. Uh, uh, empathy for them, but also gratitude for, for uh, you know I, I need to crank my you know my heat up to 70. Its 68's a little bit chilly in here. And so these people were like, "Oh, I can't believe you are eating with unwashed hands. And the problem was their hearts were dirty as could be. And Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God? Boy, I love Jesus. Sometimes he'll just fire right back at you. Like he was not going to take their bait. He was not going to be set up for their trap. And they were trying to trap him. He says, why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if anyone says to his father or mother, Whatever you have received from me is a gift devoted to God, he need not honor his father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah prophesied correctly about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. They teach as doctrine the precepts of men. True worship has little to do with your tradition. In fact, there are traditions that churches carry out that have nothing to do with the Word of God. But my goodness, if you violate the tradition, you don't do it that way, then Katie barred the door, whoever Katie is... um, you know, hell is going to get unleashed. And Jesus came to say, your traditions don't honor me. True worship is a result of a heart affection. That's true worship. In fact, reading this morning about um, Nadab and Abihu uh, leviticus chapter 10 who offered up strange fire to god they didn't offer up worship according to the way god had ordered worship to happen they thought they could make it up well i can just make it up we talk about getting hall passes people think all the time well i can just do a hall pass i just write myself a hall pass from what god's word says i'm on vacation from this i don't have to it doesn't apply to me and and we make this stuff up and of course they didn't get a good outcome. God sent fire from heaven, and they boom—they were crispy critters. Thank God we're not living in those moments and times now. But see, they—they—they they, they offered up their offering the way they wanted it, not the way God wanted it. And Psalms forty-five one says, "My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer." This is. the psalmist saying, I I just burst forth into worship and and the spontaneity of my heart is like the tongue of a, uh, the pen of a ready writer who just, the prose is coming out. The psalmist says, oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. See, worship is about what we are magnifying honor when you honor someone this is honor you honor what you value that's why all of life is meant to be a life of worship to God I honor you God your offerings your financial offerings aren't just well I'll throw 20 bucks Oh, gosh I guess they want me to give no it's about what you honor it's about giving thanks to God it's about providing saying, God, you've provided the wisdom to get this wealth. i return a portion as a way of honoring you, of honoring you with my first fruits, the best, off the top, not the leftover, not after I've paid my mortgage, not after I've paid my bills, not after I've paid my layaway, not after I've paid on, on, on my vacation home or all this. No, God, the first, not the leftover. I've had people tell me, well, I I I don't know, I don't know what to give until after I paid all my bills and you know what my accountant tells me. I said, Are you kidding me? You established that off the top. This is a God thing. We put God first. I see people put things on, you know, family, the most important thing. No, it's not. God is the most important. He's not a thing, he's a person. God first, order effects, outcome. You can have a, you know, there are many families who love each other deeply but are godless. Oh, come on now. Anybody's toes getting stepped on? My shoe's untied. Would someone come here and tie for me? I'm just kidding. It's, it's, it's really annoying me, but I'm, I thought I could avoid it, but I couldn't. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. This is worship. We come to worship. We come to bow down. We come to kneel before the Lord our God, our maker, the scripture says. Psalms 24, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. We come with purity of heart, clean hands, we come before God. We come in repentance, we come in humility. We don't bring strange fire before him. We're not just, oh, well, well I'm going to go get my Jesus thing in, and then I might go over here to the, the, the other temple and get that in because I want to get all my bases covered. No! I'm not into syncretism. Some are going, is that a word? Yes, it is. Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper, or some translations say acceptable worship. Worship is more than just a religious ascent. Worship is more than just checking off a box. It's got to be heart and spirit. Your whole soul's involved. Your body's involved. I mean, you're coming before the living God. You're not going to the chief's kingdom. Where you offer up your sacrifices of shouts in the most loud, loudest stadium in all of NFL. I mean, that's all cool and stuff. But I mean, those people—you could almost think they're cultish. Seriously, they have a—they have their routine. They—they they tailgate. They offer up sacrifices of sausages and steaks and hamburgers and beer and bourbon and. I mean, and then they paint their faces and some of them take off their shirts and paint their bellies and and they beat drums and chant, whoa. whoa, whoa. And it's kind of like going if you ever go to a KU basketball game, the first time I went to a KU basketball game, I literally thought, I need to get out of here. These people have drank the Kool-Aid. They, I mean, they, you know, the fog comes and I'm sitting here going, Oh my Lord. Oh Jesus. I'm a tiger in the midst of Jayhawks. Oh my goodness. But, but people will give themselves more to that than they will to worship of God. Seriously. And I mean, there's not, do you understand what what people will do? But then when they get in a church, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to say it. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, dude. <laughs> the Greek word for worship, proskuneo, means to encounter God and praise him. When you encounter God, something should happen, wouldn't you think? I mean, either a shout of glory or your breath's taken away. You fall on your face. I'm in the midst of something that I've never been in the midst of before. There's something holy here. I'm profane. I need to fall on my face before God. Psalms 29, here's a point, okay? Here's one of my first points. We were created to worship God. You, You and I are created to worship God. We were absolutely created to worship God and we're not fulfilling, we're not going to live a full life if we don't figure that out. Like I was created to worship God. Psalms 29, ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. And see, this is something I think that angels kind of are baffled at, that we don't worship more, that we don't really have this awe of God. I think it, I think it baffles them. I mean, you all have the honor to go into his throne room directly as human beings. We, we, are, we are different than you. And yet you don't take advantage of what you have. You see, Jesus even said about worship, he goes, When you bring your gift to the altar, and he says, and you have aught against your brother, leave your gift and go reconcile with your brother. Why? Because God wants the purity of your heart when you give the gift. Are you hearing me? He doesn't want this strange fire. He says, Wait a minute, this is something, this offering, there's, there's a mixed smell here. What, what is this envy in your heart that you bring to me today? What is this bitterness? What is this unforgiveness? Do you think that the gift is going to cover up what's in your heart? It won't. Are you hearing me? It won't cover up. But you're like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bypass this stuff so I can, well, I, at least I gave. It's like that. God's saying, no, 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 no. Order affects outcome. Get your heart right. Then the gift can be received. But the gift will never cover what's in your heart. In 1 Corinthians 10 it says, so whether you eat or drink or whether whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. See, this is to be worship. That's not just when we come together corporately. But worship as a way of life. Whatever I do, I do to the glory of God. If we could put that scripture and really get it, like Holy Spirit, just imprint that in my heart and my mind. So that every time I speak or whatever I'm about to do, I can say I do this to the glory of God as an act of worship. I would probably gossip less. Probably. Might. (laughs) And a lot of other things less. If I really let the scripture govern my life direct my life, and guide my life. I'd probably not return the evil for evil that I'm more prone to do or, you know, retaliate with words that have been spoken to me. I'll just give it back to you. 1 Peter 2, 5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer Spiritual sacrifice is acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You and I are the spiritual house. These chairs will never praise God. These walls will never praise God. This sound system will never praise God. Only when the breath of God that's been breathed into the human living beings begin to express it, then worship happens. That's why I always tell you, welcome to the building, church. You're the spiritual house. You bring the spiritual sacrifices of offerings and thanksgiving to God. The building doesn't. Only you and I can as the living stones that God breathed on us. And that's why we're not going to let stones outpraise us. Like, I'm never going to let an inanimate object outpraise me. God's breathed his life into me, and he wants that breath breathed back to him in fragrant worship. Whatever we do, when you work, work hard as unto God, not as unto man. That's worship. When you give, you give heartily and purposefully and with joy as unto God, not as unto man. When you forgive, you forgive as unto God because you've been forgiven. You see, it's all to be worshipped. When you play, you play hard to the glory of God. When you rest, you rest to the glory of God. You see, God is a person. He is not an impersonal cosmic force. You know, he's not just the secret of the magnetism that brings us all and draws us together. This in cosmic, impersonal force. And if we'll just say the right things and think the right thoughts then we'll get tuned into this cosmic force and then the whole world will dance together in love over a bottle of coke now i'm sorry doesn't work that way god is a person and as a person he has personal taste he has personal preferences and in good relationships, you discover what personal preferences the person has, right? How do you like coffee? I don't. Thank you. But I do like tea. I like it pretty hot. I like a little bit of cream in it. Just a little bit of sugar to take the edge off. That's That's how I like it. now <laughs> how do you like your steak medium rare Ooh. So, so you we, we, we want to find out what are your personal preferences in good relationships you seek to honor those preferences that, right hopefully hopefully <laughs> Worship is discovering what God's preferences are. What's God want? It's not about us. It's about Him. Are you hearing me? Well, I want I want hymns. I want some of the oldy oldy goldies. So, I want I want I. It's not about what you want. It's about what He wants. It's discovering what he prefers and then getting on board. Would you not agree? Like, I want to get on board with what God wants. So I want to talk to you about your hands in worship. As worshipers, what does God want? Well, one of the things God wants is your hands. What? Yeah. Psalm 141, I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. God wants your hands in worship. The Hebrew word is yad for hand. And yada is the verb meaning to cast or to throw. It means the extended hand, to throw out the hand. Therefore, to worship with hands extended. Therefore, to worship with extended hands. So this, this is worship to God. It's, it's Yad. It's yada God, hey, I'm here. I surrender. I'm yielded. I'm yours. I lift my hands, holy hands, hands that have been cleansed and washed by your precious blood. Forgiven by you, O oh God. I extend them to you in worship say, so, well, pastor, I'm not comfortable with that. Well, you're comfortable shouting and doing the tomahawk chop as unto in chief's kingdom. Well, you're in the kingdom of God now. And God says, lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. This is what God says to do. Well, that's not my tradition. Well, on your tradition. Quit nullifying the word of God because of your tradition. Oh, the first time I walked into a place where this kind of worship was happening in a full band because all I had was an organ and turned a hymnal and don't even sing all the verses. And my mom's kind of like, sit still, sit still, sit still. And I'm, I'm not wired to set still (laughs) I came into something this and I'm all I'd known then was still traditional and um, people around some of them were dancing in the aisles and some were lifting their hands and the band was playing and it was loud and and people were smiling actually smiling in church and and uh, some had some banners and were waving banners and I'm thinking whoa Man, did I miss the drinks before the party started? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what's going on here? And then I found out like this is biblical worship. This is in the Bible. God likes it. And so I lift my hands because it is what he likes. It is a sacrifice that pleases Him. It's not about me, it's about Him. I come to worship Him. I don't come to make my life better. I come because God is worthy of worship, and as a result, I do get better. (laughs) Psalm 57. So, see, you also, your hands in worship, but I want to talk to you about your glory in worship. Your glory. Have everyone ever told you you're glorious? Oh, you're glorious. Well, you are. You're glorious. You're created in the image of God. And God is a glorious God. And so you're a glorious creation of God. And you have glory in you. Psalms 57 says this, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge. Till the storms of destruction pass by. This is the cry of the psalmist who's in some trouble. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples me. Selah. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down in fiery beasts, the children of man, whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. This is a person who's being accused and being attacked with the words of men. And this is what it feels like. And then he turns Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. Selah means to pause and consider what was just said. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. And then in verse 8, awake my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. And David says, I'm going to awaken my kabod, or my, kabod my glory. This is the word. I'm going to awaken my glory. Come on, you're, you're feeling depressed. You're feeling down. You're feeling like you're trapped by lions all around you. I get it. I understand. But David tapped into something higher. He tapped into the reality of God in his life. He tapped in and he understood about praise. He understood about worship. He understood about setting his mind on things above. So he says, I'm going to awaken my kabod. I'm going to awaken my glory. I'm going to awaken my honor and my splendor and my weightiness. This is what I have. So there are two aspects to kabod. One is your skills, your abilities, and your talents. So you bring your kabod to. To your job, you have certain abilities and talents. Accountants do it. Lawyers do it. Plumbers do it. Electricians do it. Moms do it. Dads do it. People who are artisans. What are they doing? They're bringing their glory. They're bringing their gifts, their talents and abilities. People have. Man, they're really good at fixing things. They're really good at solving problems. They're very good at helping you deal with your relational issues and get some healing in your soul. See, we all have certain things that God has given us, and that's part of your kebab. That's part of your glory. And you bring it in worship to God. But then the other aspect is your, what we'd call your charisma, your spark, your your energy. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? How many of you know some people that when they walk in the room, they just light up the room? Like, oh, man, the party's here. And how many of you know that some people have a that's not so glorious? And they walk in the room. Like, oh, here's Debbie Downer. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's trouble, (laughs) right? Because their glory is messed up. It needs to get redeemed. It needs to get sanctified. The healing needs to come. So that when we come to worship, God is looking for your yod. Hey, God, I'm here. I'm yours. I'm surrendered. I know you like lifted hands, and so I'm casting out my hands in honor of you and worship of you and not only that God I'm bringing my glory I'm dialing in I'm leaning in I'm all here how many of you know you can be here but not here Uh, how many of you ever had your spouse say to you uh hello are you here no I'm not here well yeah yeah I'm here but I'm off somewhere else come on how many of you ever had it to happen to you in the midst of glorious worship? You go, oh, I need, to, I need to go buy that steak for the dinner. Come on, or where are we going to eat tonight? Where are we going to go after service? Have we made that decision yet? Come on, how many of you ever get distracted in your worship? Come on, it happens. It happens to us. And it's like, oh, God, help us, right? Take every thought captive. You're in this moment. We're watching the game. We're looking at it. Don't talk to me. I don't want to miss this play. That's when we, when we gather with people to watch games. Like if you're not serious about watching the game, don't come over. Because if you want to get close and talk to me while the game's going, I'm not doing it. And you're going to be offended because we're here to watch the game. Well, I'm here to worship. I'm here to bow down. And that's why you and I need to get the revelation that my behavior in this time affects other people. If I'm looking at my phone, if I'm scrolling around, if I'm distracted, then guess what I'm not contributing to? I'm not contributing to the attention and the affection that needs to be set on the most glorious one that's in our midst. Because we're here to worship. Come on now. So when you awaken your glory, you are dialed in. You are bringing your spark, your heart, and the whole weightiness of your presence. And then I want to tell you something You are a priest. You are a priest. We read it in 1 Peter 2. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He, hey, this is what David Finocchio says. You are a priest, not a Yelp reviewer. Come on now. Well, how was worship today? Well, it was just you know, i will give it a seven. I'd give it a five. Come on. And people do that. Well, it was too loud, music was too loud. Yeah, girl on the microphone was off key. Drummer missed a drummer missed a beat. I don't like that new song. It's too, it's too flowery for me. I mean, I'm not going to look into the eyes of Jesus. I'm a man. Can't we get some more masculine worship around here? Well, you'll Google over a new gun. Oh, oh. Or the eye candy of a car. But you can't look into the eyes of Jesus with romantic love. The real men can. Godly men can. (laughs) Mm. Priests offer sacrifices acceptable to God. That's what they do. You're a priest. Priests come to minister to God and to others. That's why... What we do. That's what priests do. You're all priests. Huh? Not, not the person with the collar that's got the title of priest. No, you're a priest. God has called you a priest. You have your priestly responsibilities. You have your priestly duty. It's not relegated to someone else. Well, let the others lift their hands. Let the others do the work. Itself. No, you are a priest. And you are to offer living sacrifices of praise to your God. You are to lift your holy hands to Him. You are to extend your whole body and dial in. And like, oh. I don't really come for the praise part. I come for the word. Well, the word commands you to worship and to worship with hands extended and to shout unto God with a voice of triumph beyond your comfortable factor, beyond your tradition, because you're dealing with God and you're not Him. Mm-mm-mm. Priests understand that they are the worship team. These people are the worship team, and they're helping us be the worship team. Come on, that's the truth. We're the whole worship team collectively. And thank God that they bring the weightiness of their gifts and talents so that I don't have to be up here trying to sing on key because I don't bring that so in summary stand with me if you would James sums it up here for us draw near to God and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands that's the repentance part that's the humility part that's the forgiveness part that's where you receive forgiveness where where you cleanse your heart before the Lord you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded and so as priests, as you draw near to God with your yada and your kabod that's how you draw near then guess what when you give God yad and kabod you get God with kabod you get God with his glory you get God with the weightiness of his presence come on now When you do this, then God does this. It's always. So every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response. Isn't that wonderful? Like, whoa. You wait on God. Then he comes with strength. You wait on God and you renew your strength and you can... Run and not grow weary, and you can walk and not faint. When you offer the acceptable sacrifice to God, then God comes with himself into your situation. All church, let's pray. Oh, God, oh, God, we don't want our traditions to nullify your word. We don't want our traditions to nullify your presence in our lives. And so, Lord, today we give you our lives afresh and anew. God, we lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I'm going to encourage you to do that as we pray this prayer. Just lift up your holy hands without wrath, without doubting. Put away your wrath. Put away your doubt. And say, God, you're worthy and I come now. And I come, God, with my yadah, and I come, God, with my kabat. I come with the glory of my gifts and my talents and my abilities, and I dial in and I hold nothing back. And I pray, oh God, that you will consume us with the fire of your love, that you will consume us with the infilling of your Holy Spirit, and that we will recognize that we are priests unto our God, and we're to minister to you, and we're to go and minister to our world and give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name and all of God's people shouted amen and amen.